Each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out to With your hosts, Keith Varney and... His bonded pair, Mike and Deglio. <laughs> Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. Out of one of them is overweight, the other one... Actually, pretty much everything works, right? Hey. I'm on a lot of pills now, man. I'm starting to get a lot <laughs> of pills. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which me and my old buddy Mike, we discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, the practice this week we are up to season eight episode three entitled cause of action did you hear me pause there while i was desperately trying to find the rundown on my computer but i did just in time how's it going mike uh it's going good man uh it is it's flirting with spring around here it's in and out but um it's it's that's good for my brain space and keith if i'm not mistaken speaking Mm -hmm. of I think it's only like two weeks before we spring forward and get a little bit more vitamin D in our lives forced upon us. Oh, thank God. Well, I, you know, I'll tell you, speaking of spring, uh, I think it's definitely springtime because our groundhog has emerged. So no more winter here. Uh, as a, oh, you found the you... groundhog, huh? He's out? Oh, yes. Well, his den is under our neighbor's shed. So uh, now he's, he's back and about and hopping around the... Uh, the backyard as usual he looks like similar to me uh he overplanned his mm. hibernation mm-hmm. food needs um mm-hmm. and seems as if uh he's he's ready for next winter already so um happy that uh our good yard otter is doing well and uh, it's spring it's spring that's that's what's happening mike keith i have a plea for our listening audience oh no what's that well I have to look around and see my audience who's around me. So this coming uh, a week from, let's see, when is the 7th? 5, 6, 7. So Monday, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is CEO Jen's birthday. <gasps> oh, okay. my God. So we're going to be a little late. Uh, obviously, we won't be able to get it into this episode, which will air on, this, on the 8th. Mm-hmm. But... Um, if you wouldn't mind, I know people haven't been really writing in lately or leaving the YouTube comments or really engaging in any meaningful way for quite some time. Because we don't have the YouTube anymore. But That's you know. fine. That's fine. Oh, that's a good point. If you could just uh, send an email over uh, for filing subpoenas next week and just mm. say happy birthday to CEO Jen, who has kept this whole enterprise going, we would appreciate that. And Keith, if they wanted to send their well wishes for the one part, mm. even though she's, and wish her well on her journey, I believe she has uh, relinquished the reins of the show. I forgot our bit. 
I, I think she quit. I think she's like, <laughs> That's peace what out. Yeah. I am done with this nonsense. She's like, I so, can't get divorced, but I, I can't. No, she does. You know, what's funny is we record, and then five days later, she listens to the episode and right. wants to discuss it with me when she gets home. Mm-hmm. To which, at which point, I've already forgotten entirely you, what's happened, and no, I just lived it for seven hours when we recorded it. So I was like, I don't, th- I'm not the guy you want to talk to. She's like, I thought you'd be <laughs> the guy to talk to. I was like, Yeah, I'm not interested. <laughs> I don't think I would listen to my own show. <laughs> not interested. Anyway, yeah, he, no, if, that's if true. They would well, like she te- to send well, she text me. So that's true. So how we, would people we, write in? What's uh, the email address? Well, is what I'm getting. I, well, to. Uh, uh, don't text me. Uh, but you can. <laughs> Email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the Facebooks and the Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. We'll be very happy to hear from you and wish Jen a happy birthday. That's pretty darn exciting. We so, also, not, not to, just for, for, for poops and giggles, as, as a catch up, uh, for mm-hmm. the first time in our marriage slash relationship, we actually have an audition together. Like, no kidding. We th- we are both interested in this. There's like three shows in the universe that we could actually do together. So we sent in a joint tape, like an like a disgusting, cute couple. Oh, and, uh, God. So then they responded with like, hey, you have to come in and audition together. And I'm like, that's sounds actually kind of terrible, but we're going to do it. No, no, I'm excited about that. That's uh, so. And all right. Well, I'm, I'm not going to ask you where it is or what it is or any of that. No, stuff no, we'll yet. talk about it. Should it all come to pass, which, as we as we all know, never happens. But it, it, it'll be an interesting experience. And I'll let you know how it goes next week. No, I, I'm super excited about that. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jillian and I have done a couple of shows together. Uh, so we've we have played a couple on multiple musicals together. And uh, it's. It's fun. It, 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 the The musicals haven't been great, but mm-hmm. uh, we've had a good time uh, playing it. So that one's uh, that'll be cute. Definitely looking forward to uh, pictures and video from that production when it inevitably happens. <laughs> sure. Okay. So uh, I think we should talk about some other inevitabilities in life, uh, and that include uh, a weekly time machine visit. A wait, time machine. But wait, wait, no, Keith. But wait, before we go but to the wait. time machine, there's something I would like to to insert into the show without having told you. Oh, great! An old segment that you definitely don't have queued up, so I'm going to do an impromptu thing called mm-hmm. Mike watched a show that he thinks you might enjoy. I was a little hot. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna do a more TV. So, uh, folks, stretch. Uh, may, maybe find a place to sit down. Uh, if you haven't, uh, if if you're in the if you're in the car, make sure you gas it up. Um, <laughs> oh, but don't not do that. Very oil. expensive. Four dollars and a quarter here in Pennsylvania. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, no, no, inevitable. No, no, no. I'm gonna keep this. I've been watching a lot of things, but I'm gonna mention two things that I think fans of this show would enjoy. Number one, I saw The Batman last night, the new detective-based Batman film. Uh, eh, I found it a little unnecessary. However, it's a good detective story, so if you're into detective stories, The Batman might be a movie for you to venture back out to the movie theater. But more importantly, Keith, you know I love me a crime doc. Oh, yes, of course. And there's a good one. A very good one, I just saw. In fact, there's there's been a few flooding the Netflix. You've got the Tinder Swindler. 
You've got uh-huh. the Puppet Master, both which are great con man uh, type shows. But if you want to get into the crime docu series, the good folks over at the Bloomhouse Production uh, Squad, sure. they are the guys who make a lot of these like contemporary horror flicks that people love. Indie horror flicks, yeah, yeah. They're they good. are producing a docu series. I believe it's six episodes. I watched. I binge watched them all. It's on Netflix. It's called Worst Roommate Ever. Oh, Jillian's watching that. It is awesome. And it is tales of, as the title implies, really roommates who seem kind of like they could be cool people. Turns out, not cool people. And specifically, I believe it's episode five. Something takes place at a Philadelphia apartment complex in Chestnut Hill, Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And Keith, it takes place in 2017, and the first time I looked about moving into Philadelphia with Jen, Jen wanted to sign a lease at this place in Chestnut Hill, 219, the residence is at 219. We were a hop, skip, and a jump. I mean, mere minutes from signing the lease. She was ready to sign the lease, and it was, but for me, that was like, we need to think about this. And then we went back to New York and decided we didn't want to leave New York yet. Long story short, that's the apartment complex, and that's the year where this guy does some shit in that oh. very apartment complex. Wow, cool. I was like, Jen, well, wake up, Jen, wake up, Jen, wake up. You gotta see this. So uh, check wow. it out, Dodge, worst roommate ever. Bullet. Well, worst you know, uh, on Netflix. look, I know a little something about uh, roommates from Philadelphia who you thought would be good roommates, and then it goes a little crazy. That's mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm familiar with that. Coming up in this day in the basement in about a, yeah, <laughs> about uh-huh. a year. <laughs> You had a lot of roommates, man. You were you were you had a revolving door. Uh, well, it wasn't me. Well, it wasn't me. It was all my other room. Like it, it was literally me, and then like random people, like revolving around me. Actually, I, I thought we we had a pretty well, pretty a pretty a pretty smooth ride. No, we did great actually. Like that, uh, I I jest. I jest. Mike was actually a pretty good roommate. We had that weird. Well, no, he was cool too. That the teacher who got beat up his first day at school. Remember? Oh my god, classical guitarist. The optional pooper, optional yeah. flusher. It, no, pooping was mandatory. He was an optional flusher. flusher. Yeah. Oh, that was rough. Anyway, I almost said uh, his name. I'm glad I didn't. All right. Please do not say his name. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let us now uh, hop into the time machine, like we do every week. And you know, it's a nice fall day in 2003. It is October 12th, the year 2003. Mike, uh, what were you doing? This day in the basement. Keith, I had uh, not known. Now, I had gone to school briefly at Ith- in Ithaca, which was very cold. Um, but it turns out that in Rochester, it's even colder. Yes. It was a cold, cold place. And this place where we were living called Howe, because we lived on a street called Houston Street. So it was called House on Houston. Or or maybe it was Livingston. It was an L. H-A-L. House on, no, Howe. So it had to be on a Howe Street. Regardless. <laughs> it was like in a rundown ass part of Rochester. Mm-hmm. The house was freezing, and it was in this freezing house that we realized early on in our stay in Rochester that the place was infested with mice to the point uh, where if you were sitting on the floor, you would see I would say six to ten mice at any given day. I mean, this place was infested. So, Keith, I'm going to leave it brief. There I was freezing my ass off in my first gig, learning the joys of being on the road. And all we did, we had a a Nintendo. Uh, what was this? The probably a GameCube one? at that the point. The GameCube, and we played yeah. 
Mario Kart Double Dash and Mario Kart Tennis, or Mario Tennis, were the only two games we had, the only two games we played, and guess what? We loved it, even with it's all the It's the only mice. two games you needed. Yep. Really, just just you and the mice. So, Keith, yep. as I'm living the dream, where were, what were you up to? Well, uh, I was uh, actually... You know, I really wasn't a part of this. Although I did do this on multiple occasions at different times. Uh, but this week, uh, at my younger brother's hockey game, he was playing for the uh, Vermont Glades, a uh, minor or a junior team in Burlington, Vermont. And uh, he shared a, uh, on his team, was also the son of Governor Howard Dean, who was at this point, and this is October of 2003, he was right in the middle of his ascendance as presidential candidate, Howard Dean. So this was like right before the Dean scream. The primaries were in full swing at this point. And he was a big national figure at this point um, on the cover of Newsweek and Time and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but he was still there at the hockey games. And it's Vermont. So there was, you know, it's like 50 people in the stadium, and, and Howard's there just all by himself in his jeans and his hat, just watching hockey. And uh, and so I, my mom went over and said hi, and, and it was, uh, you know, it, it, Vermont is funny because it's it's a little bit like New York. Like, even if you're a big, crazy celebrity, nobody's going to, like, be crazy about it. Makes sense. It's like, oh, hey, how's it going? That's it. You don't, like, nobody's geeking out or whatever, but... Uh, so Howard Dean was a, obviously a big hockey person. His son played pretty serious hockey. This is a pretty serious hockey team, and so they were uh, they were there creeping on Howard Dean in the stands at the hockey game. Every time you bring up Howard Dean, and it's, there's been a few times you brought him up, uh, I I think of all the things that have changed over the 20 years since this show, the practice was on the air. The thing that has changed the most is the fact that in today, can you imagine in today's Shh. politics, Keith, that screaming a little loud in one promo, it wasn't. Even, Making us noise, uh, being it, demonstrative. It, it was being, God, it, and it, it makes me, it made me mad then. It makes me mad now. Okay, so here's the thing. It's the end of a rally. There's there's like 2,000 people in the room. They're screaming bloody murder. There's music going on. And he's like, and we're going to go to Michigan and Iowa. And then he goes, yeah. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. That's like Biden at the end of this the the State of the Union the other day, where he's like, "Go get him!" <laughs> for no reason. I mean, yeah, exactly. To, and to end your political career because of it, when it, nowadays you can literally commit sedition, and it's yeah, it's all it's cool. More people, it's probably, asinine. Yeah. They're they're like defending Hitler and white supremacists, and then they're heckling in the back of a, it's it's absolutely absurd. So we all owe Howard Dean an apology. Um, and, uh, and if you think about the 2004 presidential election, wait, why do I owe him an apology? We all do for, <laughs> what did for I do? canceling the guy over a scream. I was 20 we years old. I wasn't even invested in politics. We all participated in that in some fashion. <laughs> okay. We as a culture owe Howard Dean an apology. <laughs> Come on. I think he would have beaten Bush. I think, I think John Kerry, uh, and I, I have a great deal of respect for John Kerry, but he's, he's not a dynamic campaigner and uh you and and uh, the democrats i think because bush was so unpopular during the war thought like oh we got this let's just pick the safe choice and uh we didn't got this we needed somebody with a little bit a little more exciting a little more vision and howard dean was that guy 
I'm pissed. Dude, I don't think I even voted in that election. Speaking of, maybe I do owe an apology. You 100% owe an apology for that. You're in Pennsylvania? I wasn't you didn't there. Vote in Pennsylvania. I wasn't in PA. Oh, uh, swing state! <laughs> I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the TV. <laughs> let's go back to... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Okay, we're talking about October 12th, the year 2003, and we continue to be listening to Baby Boy with Beyonce Baby featuring Boy, Sean Ooh. We'd like to thank Whoever. Rachel yeah. Brown. Check her out uh, at Rachel Brown. Only 2,000 subscribers. She needs more. She has that smooth as butter voice. Rachel Brown yeah. and her I, I, I can't see Rachel Brown, but from what I can hear, she's much cooler than I am and probably yeah, wouldn't she's talk She's playing to that guitar. She's playing the shit out of it. Yeah, no. She's, uh, she's a cool kid. So uh, check her out. You know, uh, what else you would have been checking out at this point? Kill Bill! Volume 1 was the number one movie. And the local paper uh, has a great back-in-time true crime story that I didn't investigate, so I don't know. But uh, Berlin Free Press said the surgeon disappears as lawsuits mount. So that sounds... that was a lot of noises all at once. But uh, that sounds very exciting. But, you know, it's hard to be, it's like, now I'm feeling too chill to be, uh, like, where the hell's that surgeon on the run? Oh, well. But, anyway, you know what makes me not chill? Everybody's most important segment. It's time, it's time, time. It's time for sports. The New York football giants lost to Tom Brady, 17-6 to in New England, despite the GOAT only completing 8 of 21 for 112 yards and zero touchdowns. Kerry Collins threw 59 passes for 314, but also threw four interceptions. Meanwhile, the Eagles lost to Quincy Carter's Cowboys, dropping their record to 2-3. and three. Hey, Keith, do you know what I learned about sports ball today? Oh, what's that? It's everyone's favorite segment? Apparently, this day in time, October or whatever, uh, was, uh-huh. this was, ESPN was on the background this morning when I was getting ready. Uh, Gordy Howe uh, played his last game. He was like 50-some years old. He played a 43-second a, a shift to retire with whatever team. With the Hartford Whalers, and I do believe he was pushing 60 at that yeah, point. 57, uh, I think they said. It was crazy. Well, Gordy Howe, I mean, he was an absolute legend in the NHL. Do you know what a Gordy Howe hat trick is? Uh, no. A Gordy Howe hat trick is a goal, an assist, and a fight all in one game. Oh. I thought which it was is, I thought it was when you scored a hat trick and somebody said, How'd he do that? <laughs> oh, Gordy, save me from this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's strangely inaptly named, however, because Gordy Howe did not have a great many hat Gordy Howe hat tricks. I think he only had three. There are many other players uh, that achieved that feat. Uh, but you know, Gordy Howe is Gordy Howe, so you still get your name. Wow, I, I 
Mike coming up with the obscure uh, NHL trivia that I could have gone on for much longer than I did. So you're welcome, out. America. I tuned out when you started talking. <laughs> you right brought after it I up. Brought, right after I brought it up, I, I tuned out. <laughs> you brought it up. You should know better than to bring up a topic that I know a little bit about. Because oh. Lord knows I will never stop talking. But uh, you know what stops me? From uh, continuing to talk forever. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. Of course, we are talking about The Practice Season 8, Episode 3, Cause of Action. And it was written by David E. Kelly, of course, and directed by Christina Musry who last directed Burnout, which leaves us with only one important question. And it better be exciting this time. I will have none of this vanilla what milk toast prediction. I got something. I What's got something. Is this the shark I'm already jumped and then died, so maybe the Kraken. What? Jump the Kraken. What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Hell if I know, Jimmy. Are you still on the show? Um, Keith, this week, we're going back behind the scenes again. First of all, I, I understand a week is a long time, but the previously on this week, Keith, is mm -hmm. two and a half minutes long. It's a long time, yeah. It is. V v we know what happened, all right? We, j we watched the episode. It, there isn't that much to summarize. Chris O'Donnell w didn't kill his wife, or killed his wife, and mm -hmm. made the daughter pretend it was the daughter, and then and now he's trying. The whole thing is it, we got it right. Not only did it just happen, but we've seen the plot before. So I just wanted to shout if that bugged me. <laughs> it was just so long. One. Mike's pissed. He's pissed. Keith. They also showed uh, the uh, a recap of the. Sharon Stone, Alan Shore meetup, which led me to my prediction for this week. I'm not mm -hmm. even going to address the, uh, the the Chris O'Donnell case because it's we've seen we saw Kelly Williams last season like do some underhanded things to get her client arrested without giving him up or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a recycled plot line. No shock shock there. But Keith, here it is. I've got a conspiracy right. theory. Ooh, okay. Somehow through, through that was pretty close again. I usually get right on the somehow through some machinations of the plot. This week, Eleanor is going to go full throw cosh against cosh to the wind. What how's that? What what's that idiom? Yeah, throw caution to into the wind. Throw caution into the wind, and is going to blow up her perfect her career in order to get Chris O'Donnell arrested. So, in behind-the-scenes play, Sharon Stone is going to join the cast of The Practice, and Eleanor is going to get herself disbarred and leave the show. Whoa! We're going to do a swap. We're doing a trade. The trade deadline has passed, but yeah, we're trading Sharon Stone. I talk to God crazy funny funny with, yeah. with Alan Shore, and they're going to replace the GOAT, in my opinion. Cameron Man. Wow. Okay. Uh, that that doesn't sound exciting. That sounds tragic. Well, sounds both, whatever. Sad. I mean, sometimes some people are into tragedy. It gets them off. 
Okay, well, that we learned a little bit about Mike today. No, we learned what? about Vladimir. I'm talking about Vladimir Putin. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's happening. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we stand with you, Ukraine, and fuck off Putin. Uh, anyway, let us watch a little episode of The Practice. What do you say? A great segue. As always, you come here for your hot <laughs> Putin segues. We're Putin in the work. Mm-hmm. 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 If we had the video uh, version, we'd have Putin, you know, like go by riding a Segway uh, shirtless. Yeah, with John Ashcroft singing and fireballs <laughs> in the eyes and the whole thing. But mm-hmm. luckily, we, you don't have to deal with that. <laughs> oh, shit, he's got it. That's on the soundboard. I didn't know that. Oh, oh, hell yeah, it's on the soundboard. Oh, All right, let's do this. All right, it's time to Putin on the episode. The Practice, Season 8, Episode 3. Cause of action. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. I can't accept that, Eugene. Well, you have to. I am She's sorry. Ten there years are... old. Listen to me, both of you. Oh, we yeah. represent Clicky, him. Clickies. Not right her. Away. She arguably thought I was her attorney Super when she confessed. Clicky. Falsely confessed. Eleanor, all you can do is ask the client to cure his perjury. If he refuses, she there's works here. All right. Let's see if Mike can fix that quickly somehow. Yeah. You know what? I'm not even cutting, guys. So just remain with us the one golden moment. All right, see if that did anything. What? That cuckoo bird. The woman who talks to God. It she did. works here? No, she doesn't work here. Well, she thinks she does. She says Alan Shore hired her. She's out there organizing her desk. Excuse me. So that's a thing. Cuckoo bird. It's everyone's favorite cuckoo bird, Sharon Stone. Did you hire her? I don't have the authority to hire her, Eugene. She's here. Look at her. Yes, I said come practice law with us on a temporary basis. And You're temporary. And who hired you? Totally yeah, I was nuts. gonna say. Thank you, Jimmy. I never figured you for the type who liked to weigh in. What's that supposed to undo mean? this? He just called me fat. First of he all, did. I would never say that. Second, you are fat. And third, we are not hiring. If we were hiring, we would not be hiring her. Eugene. Is that keyboard even hooked up to anything Sharon's playing? Until I can persuade her to get back on her medication. The best means for that is to employ her. Trust me, when she functions as a lawyer, her insanity is displaced by legal acuity. As I said, it's only temporary, and I will watch her. Please. It's so hard to, like... I mean, I I guess that's sort of inherent to the character, is trying to figure out, like, what is his angle? What is he he doing here? Uh, But whatever he does, he... uh, he, uh, Eugene just has generally such a short rope, and he's already letting Alan work there, and now he's extending him the chain to let him bring somebody else on, who is all of this about their... It's very weird. Yeah. What? It's it's definitely out of character for Eugene to be to allow himself to be steamrolled because Alan steamrolls everyone uh, all right. the time. So he doesn't ask here? for permission or forgiveness. She, like Mr. Shore, will work here on a trial basis. She will not draw a salary, and most importantly, we are not to give her clients ever 
Then why is she here? I'm sorry, do paralegals speak at staff meetings? That's not a criticism, Tara. I'm just trying to get a sense of policy. You know what? Keep it personal You know, Keith, I believe one of our founding sponsors, Jorge Novoa, I believe on the uh, uh, sent us an email. Uh, oh, yeah? That we didn't read that I'm going to bring up right now because it actually. Hello, all. Is that do happening? it. Sorry, I'm late. Sorry, Sharon. Um, let me bring it up because I believe it. Speaking of our paralegal, hold on. Where's our email? I haven't checked it in a while. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, I, I, I apologize. Jorge, we love you, uh, but I miscredited you. Our boy Scott Maupin. Oh, right on. He writes into the show and says, Now that Rona Mitra is on the show, I assume you've seen her connection to the Tomb Raider video games? Oh, did she voice... I, I don't. Hold on. Well, now hold on. Now I've yeah, got. I don't. I, gotta I look don't. That up. I don't know, Mike. Maybe they modeled her. All right. Hold on. We're gonna find out on the fly. Oh, I think the new. I think he's talking about the reboot, the latest rebooted trilogy. She might have voiced that. No, that that was uh, what's her name from Grey's Anatomy. Mm. She was the the model for for which one. She was she was she was a live action model for Lara Croft, but not for the most recent ones. So oh, for so the to the OG. So this well yeah this this was back in two thousand eight or so. Mm -hmm. Interesting. La abuela. Cool. All right. So they. Uh, oh, so and she did a ton of uh, promotion, that kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. The. Um, the current Tomb Raider actress in the video games. Um, I, although I, I'm curious about uh, whether she will continue because they're they're doing another one, but they might be starting a new trilogy. Mm. Um, and uh, it's it's uh, Camilla Luddington. They're doing another new trilogy. They're doing another new one. I don't know if it's going to be tied to the last trilogy or oh. starting a new one. Uh, I really like the I really like the contemporary Tomb Raider yeah, me ones. Too. Me too. Uh, okay, Eugene, there it is. I was wondering Thanks, if we Scott. could start at nine fifteen. I have uh, and I'll have you say appointments at she's on Grey's Anatomy with Jessica Capshaw. So did I miss the breathing? They don't breathe here, Sheila. What? Miss Carlisle, we're running late. Every day should begin with ten deep breaths. It oxygenates the brain, which gives you clarity and optimism, which is the greatest source of energy. Let's hold hands. Let's go. Everybody. Now, didn't Sharon Stone, as an actress, go through That's a period where she had to deal with deep sort into of the diaphragm, the career fallout In. of coming, having a mental Jamie, illness, or dealing with mental illness? In. Yes. That before, after she's this. also like a certifiable genius. Let's go see Brad Stanfield. Take our best shot. Yeah, like that'll work. Or certified. Uh, may genius. I help you? Yes, I'm Roland Huff, and I'd like to meet with an attorney. Do you have an appointment? Hey, All right. February, Jimmy. Who's Roland Huff? As we try to get the show back on the rails, he's one of those guys where you're like, "Hey, it's that guy." It is that guy. Uh, and I'm going to tell you all about him. Uh, here, he his name is Ken Hudson Campbell as Roland Huff. You probably know him from Armageddon. 
Remember, he plays one of the miners in yes. Armageddon. Yes. Uh, he was also in Home Alone. He was in Groundhog Day. Uh, and here's, here's my favorite part. Remember the movie Look Who's Talking? Uh, yeah. Where the baby talks and it's, I, for, I forget who it is. It's like, it's like Alan Alda or something. No. Uh, no, dude, it's, um, uh, what's his name? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Well, uh, guess what? They did a, uh, a, t- a lazy TV ripoff of that called Baby Bob. And the cast included Adam Arkin and Holland Taylor and Ken Hudson Campbell voiced the baby. Oh. So there you go. Well, it, well damn. There's trivia you didn't think you were going to learn today. But you did. Afraid not. Okay, Roland, if you wouldn't mind taking a seat, I'll be with you in a moment. Thank you. You're smart enough to know whatever your reality is, Sheila, it's folly to, to impose, impose it, it on, on others. others. Got it. Give me a criminal. I'm sorry? I'm not asking for a murderer. Just give me somebody clever. Give me an embezzler. I'm an embezzler. We'll get lunch. Sheila, it's important at the beginning that you keep a low profile here. These people are very reticent. Just give me a case to work He's on. He's such a close talker. It's crazy. I don't like to be alone with my thoughts. He really is. He's not really big on boundaries. I do feel like the resolutions popped up this season, though. Confess? Well, wasn't that your plan anyway? It's brighter and you with more color. You can't be retried. You're free. Why not say The whole series Emma? has gotten well. I could be prosecuted more for color. saturated. Yeah. More saturated. I did testify the whole time. that I didn't do it. Remember? If I was to come forward now and say that I was the killer, certainly you're not going to allow your daughter to stay locked up. My thinking was, let's see how Emma's trial goes. She probably has a legitimate temporary insanity defense. Ten years old, she figures she'd be very sympathetic. You're going to let her stand trial? I'll testify on her behalf, Jamie. I'll talk about how troubled she was. He does but actually I, play I a pretty good classic work. sociopath. I yeah, got absolutely. myself off. Now I'll get Emma off. You keep forgetting how persuasive I can be. I mean, he's no like that. John Larroquette, but... Well, Larroquette's more like a psychopath. The two of them. Larroquette has feelings. Learned it's been going on for six years. How long have you been married? Seven. Roland, Massachusetts is a no-fault state, which basically means that your wife's infidelity is a non-issue. That's what I've been told, but this was... She didn't just cheat on me, Miss Wilson. She, she did so with my best friend. He was, he was best man at our wedding. This just seems so wrong. I have two young kids. For me to come home and find out my wife... It looked like it My struck a chord with Sharon Stone. Sheila. To learn it's been going on for six years? Roland, it is horrible what your wife has done, but unfortunately, in a no-fault state, you have no remedy at law I'll for which... I'll represent you, Roland. Sheila. And I don't think we should just file claim against her. I think we should prosecute that best man as well. Sheila, I want you to continue giving the facts to Tara. And after that, we'll file a claim in Superior Court. We can expect a motion to dismiss, but surviving that, discovery should be short and we'll be in court in three months. And we can win? <laughs> Roland, look at me. There's a reason you happen to walk into this law office after all those other lawyers turned you down. I win my cases. Not some of them, not most of them. 
Every single one of them. And I shall win this case. I mean, Remember when this great. show... No, she's super fun. You'd have really no idea this was the practice. Year law no. student. But... I mean, I, I suspect they had a meeting. They were like, yo, y'all, we got it. We, we got to change the title. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of true. Yeah. This isn't. I mean, I know so. that public policy won't let you litigate domestic disputes. We I need mean, to appreciate on a deeper level that you are only a third year law student. You see, every law can be bent, folded or manipulated so long as it conforms to fairness. So instead of taking issue, Perhaps you would like to seize the opportunity to learn. You see, Tara, I will win. Aren't you just fascinated to see how? But that's the thing. Like, isn't Sharon Stone expensive? Like, didn't I thought the whole point was all you need is one more drink and we're having a pool party. I'm not that I mean, drunk. You'd imagine well, we can fix yes. that right up. But as a guest, well, it's it's different. Sort of stumble out of the cab. Not that I don't oh, Eleanor still works there. Over. Whenever you feel the urge. She hasn't quit yet, Keith. Or gotten disbarred. That was Eleanor. my plan. What are you doing here? You know, I have freed murderers, rapists, and I usually end up sleeping at night because I know my role in the system. You know, I'm the defense attorney up against the police state and all. I sleep. I never have trouble sleeping. What? How do I let a 10-year-old girl spend her life? Keith, is she giving me drunk Eleanor right now? Is that what she I'm thinking of? She is 100% giving you drunk Eleanor, which is amazing. Drunk Eleanor. juvenile hall. When I know that makes me. You know what I am, Alan? Drunk. A monster. If I can let a, a child, then I have to wear the badge that I am a monster. This is well, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome, what did you say, call her Drunkenor? Drunkenor. I kind of, I do dig Drunkenor, I gotta say. No, no, it's like us on the beach. <laughs> Deep cut. <laughs> Just inside jokes now. Blossoming girl, she's she's a child. She's the future of our country. But if they start making out, maybe I know. we're both gonna need another drink. Yeah, I'm a terrible drinker because I never drink. <laughs> You'll stay here Thank tonight. Thank you. Alan, I am not having sex with you. I'm sorry. Ah! You bring any friends? Come on, it's late. Let's get you inside. I just wanted your advice. <laughs> I'm not sure that Doesn't I can Boston keep my Legal mouth end shut. every episode with them smoking a cigar together? Disbarred, mm -hmm. And then Eleanor drowned to death. And they dumped her in the pool. But here's here's the thing that's about that. Uh they so I was wondering, are they actually going to dump Cameron in the pool, or is it just going to be a sound cue? Well, we definitely see Cameron in the pool, but they definitely, 
they clearly screwed up the coverage of her falling into the pool. Yeah, that's the because, shot, right? Because we don't see it, and they weren't going to dry her out and do a second take, so they just cut to her in the pool with a sound cue. But somebody, uh, Christina Musri, definitely had a bad day I when they realized they didn't get their coverage on her going into the pool. Injunctive relief gets you right in. Now I expect them to file their motion to dismiss. I don't mind waiving notice on that as long as- Are they going to be there? Who? My wife and Richard. They might. Will that be a problem? It's hard for me to see them. I don't know if I'm ready to see them. I'll handle things. You just stand there and look as sad as you can. He auditioned for Harlan Bassett. And, I and said no clients. Like, we'll, we'll use you I later. I couldn't stop her. You should have come and gotten me. And you, you said you'd be watching her. She already filed a complaint. Yes, and she thinks that she's going to win. Well, she... Hold on a second. She said that? She thinks she'll win? Yes. What's the problem? If Sheila says she's going to win, she wins. No exceptions. Did you hear the cause of action? I don't care what the cause is. If she promises victory, you've won. Tara, come with us. You need to learn. Oh, it just, this just isn't Eugene. Don't talk. It's, just it's not, not Eugene. It, it, Ever. It's not Eugene at all. If you have something to say, just put it in a note. Just a guess, but I'd say she got looped and fell in the pool. I think Eugene is depressed that Bobby's not there. Backing Sheila now. I've got an appointment. I'll take it. Tara will be I'll take there. It. Eugene, she doesn't need help. Not she doesn't give a shit anymore. I think that's what it is. This is a maybe it's worse, Keith. Maybe let's and why not? Let's go for it. Okay. Maybe it's maybe it's not even Eugene. Maybe Dylan called up Steve and was like, "I can't believe you. I can't believe you stayed with the show. You you wouldn't you wouldn't walk out with me. That you wouldn't stand up for Buddy." And so now, so now. Steve just doesn't have the same gumption. And because they saw it in Steve's eyes, they're like, we got to write Eugene just defeated. Just like all sad? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Mastic look, I, I promise in- when you get fired from our show, I'll be all sad and shitty. Okay, cool. No fault stay. Replace you with this Sharon Stone. between a husband and wife. <laughs> Go your Honor, it. he's telling you things you already know. I'd ask that he respect the robe and value your time. This You're the one taking the What is she wearing? This untenable claim. The restatement of torts recognizes a valid claim against one who by extreme like she's got like a like a an Elizabethan yes collar on it's it's really quite something and her hair is uh, really quite something but let me tell you else what else is uh, quite something Guys, they just snuck Dana Ivey in as the judge who you'd know from Sabrina, the Adams Family Rush Hour 3 in Easy Street. But in our world, Dana Ivey is a big freaking deal. She has done 16 Broadway shows, including the seminal Sunday in the Park original Broadway cast with Manny Patinkin, Bernadette Peters, and most importantly, Brent Spiner. Keith? Speaking of, which day of the week did the practice air on in season eight? It was Sunday on the ABC. Sunday. An outrageous conduct intentionally or recklessly at causes 10 PM, severe it was emotional Sunday. distress to another. 
There is no immunity for married people. 10 p.m. People. No exception for domestic disputes. Because it You're had Alan Shaw and he molested lots of other characters. White, a blank canvas, no ratings. Disputes. Oh, yes. White, the hallowed form an entitled defense. white guy, sexually <laughs> harasses everyone. <laughs> McDonald's was sued and lost. He's done crime, that was but nobody hot. cares. The hallowed white. forum entertains any claim that is valid as is the one that is before. White, what Eugene sees everywhere he looks. <laughs> white, the blank slate you get if you All are right. white. <laughs> the TRO nonsense is dismissed. On the underlying claim, I want to hear from Mr. Huff. Your Honor. You're asking me to throw this out, counsel. I want to conduct a short evidentiary hearing before I do so. Two o'clock. Also, the justification for, for allowing her carte blanche is because she hasn't lost yet. So we just have to take it that she will win everything, regardless. That That's that's right. If uh, now on the show, if you're a crazy Looney Tune, uh, all you have to do is win. That That's all the justification you need. That it, it, and it's sort of the same thing with Alan Shore, right? Like, the fact that he's a good lawyer justifies literally everything he can do. And that's all you need. Well, the show used to be about people dealing with the emotional consequences or the the ethical consequences or how the ethical how the ethical quandaries affect their personal uh, you get what I'm saying whereas now it's just like oh because they're defense attorneys they can be kooky and do with what the hell ever. Look, now we're just breathing life's juice, man. Mm. Mm. What the hell why would you say that? Did because I miss Back it up 10 seconds. Oh, okay. <laughs> I need some clarity because that's a weird thing to say. Two o'clock. Fan. Well, Fan. progress. Breathe life's juice. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. But they accepted it just like verbatim. And you're like, what? You didn't tell me about you. Alyssa Gaynor well, is back as the daughter. Maybe what did you, you get me for my birthday, Daddy? How about 16 with? to life? <laughs> Emma, I know about the little plan. And may I say, I admire you. What a wonderful daughter you must be to protect your dad like this. You're a true hero. Oh, okay. But now, in preparation for your dad to protect you, we have to get our statements exactly right to protect you both against perjury. So, here's your dad's statement. We'll need you to memorize And as a this. point of clarification, he is not a part of this case. And tell me how it's going to compare to yours. Did you trick this girl? I persuaded her to tell the truth. Tyrese Allen, back with the ADA. I might have used a little trickery. And this is my statement. It's hearsay, since Mr. Stanfield didn't confess to me directly. But I think you'll find Hold on it. just a second, would you please? This would be privileged. You're a member of Miss Frutt's firm. And anything she told you... I haven't even gotten to the good part. Since Mr. Stanfield accomplished his mistrial through fraud, double jeopardy does not attach. You can try him all over again on double murder. And this time, you'll have my testimony. Mr. Shaw, 
Also, they tricked the little girl I will girl give you the opportunity to take this all back. That's not going to happen. I'll have no choice but to report you to the bar. That's so Eleanor's just doing a... But you will use this. A Kelly You'll probably Williams. lose your license. I've always wanted to By find way of Alan Shore, yes. Right. Cortland, but not Macintosh. Eleanor much isn't, didn't Chris. do anything. This is Shore's doing. There's a little girl in a juvenile. Oh, he's doing... So it's not like she... She didn't persuade him. He's just... He took it upon himself. Because she was in distress. It, yes, well... We'll find out more about that later, but yes, that's what's happening. Facility, Mr. Campbell, send for her. Then send for Mr. Stanfield. Then you can have the bar send for me. So chivalrous, Alan. Yeah, yes. Damn the consequences? He's such an In interesting In a stunning character. development, we've now learned Brad Stanfield has been rearrested for the murder of his wife and unborn son. Sources say Mr. Stanfield's own lawyers provided information leading to the arrest. I did nothing, I swear. to be arraigned at 2.30. You may remember earlier charges Sources against Mr. Stanfield were dismissed by the prosecution. Hello. Did I miss something interesting? Alan, did you talk to the DA about Stanfield? Did I might have bring him in, though. No, she was Please talking to him as a friend. Yeah, but she brought him in to the to the firm. I mean, yes, yes, she did. She just hire you know, him? unilaterally <laughs> hired him. Shocker. Eugene's pissed. He doesn't care. He's depressed. You don't really know me, Mr. Shaw. Eugene, I know you don't want me here. And now I've given you a perfect reason to fire me. Eleanor would certainly understand. I would appreciate the courtesy of my discharge being a reflective decision, however. So if you could at least wait until your anger subsides, I'd be grateful. Steve, we got a great episode for you this week. I'm going to need you to really hone in on your standing and scowling. What do you think? Yeah, but but so you want me to take logical actions and immediately fire the Looney Tune who's causing chaos in my office? We're working on it. It's not oh, okay. looking well at all. What's going on, Roland? I wasn't prepared for seeing them like that. How it would make me feel. I don't no, if I can testify in some big public thing, I, 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 I don't know. Take my hand, Roland. I'm the voice I, of I a talking like baby on a failed feeling. TV show. Why don't you just speak directly to me? Tell me your story. Pretend I'm the only one in the room. Seeing the two of them sitting together like that. I'll tell you what. You just look at me. Tell me your story. I think the worst part was I thought everything was wonderful. Were you two having sexual relations? No. Because she... Roland, look at me, please. She said she couldn't have sex because she had a fibroid condition. 
and I accepted it. How did you learn of your wife's affair with Mr. Ward? Came home from work early one day. Tried to surprise her. I had a plan. I was going to take her out to dinner. When I got home, I saw Richard's car parked out in front. I didn't think anything of it. He comes over all the time. He's my best friend. I figured he came over to borrow something. Well, I went in and I heard music coming from upstairs. Actually, Poor children. it's my very, very favorite song, Peppermint Twist. And so I headed up. Other sounds got louder as... Guys, I got an idea. Let's work into the script that yep. this guy's wife was banging his best man to his favorite song, The Peppermint Twist. The Peppermint Twist. Uh, that's an inter interesting choice of music. Uh, why would you choose The Peppermint Twist of all things? Because it's 2003. I don't know, but isn't this an Occam's Razor type of scenario? Like, doesn't it have to come... Or Plato's Cave or whatever the hell the, the idiom is? Like, don't we have to... <laughs> Doesn't it have to be specific. It's Chekhov's Chekhov's peppermint twist. Yeah, that's right. Like, doesn't this? Why the peppermint twist? It's gonna is that gonna come back? It's a grape you, jelly you style. You can't reference. You can't reference the peppermint twist unless somebody's peppermint's gonna get twisted. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well. Got closer, and when I went in, I but saw. But it's also <laughs> cheaper to license. For sure to my wife. I guess if you just say the title, you don't have We're to license it at all. In my no, house. No, but it's Chekhov's peppermint in twist. In my bed. And then what happened? Well, they looked at me. They stopped. And they started up again. Right there, with you in the room. Yes. That was a little rough. Yes. They didn't even have the decency to stop. Yo, that's fucked up. Unless all parties have consented to this is what we're doing today. Well, that's a whole other ballgame. Anything said to Mr. Shore by the other lawyers would be an extension of privilege. This was not state action, Your Honor. Any breach committed by Mr. Shore is actionable against Mr. Shore civilly. We should not, however, be banned from using the information. This would violate every principle of fairness for my client to be retried. Counsel. The attorney here argue, uh, now defending Robin is played by Aaron Lustig, who you would know from Ghostbusters 2, Quantum Leap. He was also on Star Trek Voyager. He played the Doctor in Ex Post Facto and an Enterprise. He was Guri in The Catwalk. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. It is true. Your client conspired to let his 10-year-old daughter take the fall for a double murder he committed. I Seems don't like think nice you mean to play the fairness card. I see attorneys Frutt and Stringer. I'll see you and counsel in chambers now. Mr. Stanfield, you'll stay in custody. He's a character, he's a fan. Robin's so pissed. God damn, he's pissed, his nipples are hard. All the way through his armor. Does Mr. Shore report the facts correctly? Privilege prevents me from either confirming or denying Mr. Shore's allegations. Ms. Rutt, we have a serious problem here. If that little girl took the stand and decided on her own to lie, then double jeopardy attaches, and Mr. Stanfield goes free. 
If he conspired to commit the fraud, however, double jeopardy does not attach and he can be retried. We understand that, Your Honor. You stepped outside your role as advocates and stood before me as officers of the court. Which we deeply regret. I am not interested in remorse. Your Honor. I'm not speaking to you, Mr. King. Without asking you to reveal privilege, I would like you to either confirm or deny what you said to me as officers of the court. All I will say, we believed our representations to be true. Whether we continue to believe them to be true, privilege prevents us from saying. It's a very clever way of doing that. Mr. King, it is my finding the mistrial was procured by fraud. Double jeopardy will therefore not attach. Your client will be retried. Mr. Campbell, get the girl out of jail. Miss Front, tell Mr. Shore that I am recommending him for immediate disbarment. Why does uh -oh. she get to testify? I mean, why, why does she... So... That, I guess that... I guess that tracks, right? <clears throat> it was, they can show that it was, the verdict was fraud, so, okay, that all tracks. Yeah, but, yeah, you can't, double jeopardy does not apply if the first case was done through fraud. So the biggest change in this versus the Lindsay thing that I keep comparing it to is that Lindsay walked to Helen, she gave the information knowingly breaking privilege versus here where she just like kind of said something off the record to a colleague who then broke privilege in her stead. Right, right. But because uh, because Alan works at the firm, privilege still applies. So, mm. so basically, he still, be... he, he, still, he still did the same thing. He still broke privilege. Um, but, but Keith, here's the thing. There's mm -hmm. still 17, 18 minutes left in the episode, which means we're in store for a... A peppermint twist? Oh my god. She gets to tell her story. It's a well good played, sign well that the judge wants to hear from her, Roland. It means they're considering our case. You know, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. I thought it would make me feel better, but it's only... Our thanks to the Monterey's. Check them out. Uh, they I guess they were playing somewhere. Uh, and uh, Lori Newcomb on the YouTube... Uh, went ahead and uh, video videoed them on her iPhone, so I, I don't believe we need to give any accreditation other than thanks, Lori. Thanks, Lori. You're making me feel worse. I I'm getting very angry feelings, and I don't like it when I feel this way. Big breath. I just... don't want to suck life's juice. Roland. <laughs> Are you sucking life's juice? I think that you wanted to do this because you felt victimized. And that could be what's been making you feel angry. Unfortunately, he walked now, in you can just as... His best man's but it might end up making juice you feel even was more loose. Angry. Thanks Ew. to Juicy Fruit uh, for their I stuff. had to wait for that. Alan, you betrayed me. Did I? Sorry. Don't be flip. I came to you in distress, in confidence, because I had a problem. Which and I, I shared. You couldn't live with a child being falsely imprisoned. Neither could I. You should have come to me. In which case, you might be facing disbarment. Perhaps you could say thanks for the insulation. But you didn't insulate her. What you did goes to this firm, our reputation, and it's damaged. You're right, Jimmy. I'm sorry. 
How about a hug? I'm, I'm gonna pop this guy, snide. I swear. I'm just serious. gonna hit him. Jimmy's the what only one acting rationally towards Alan Shore at this point. Have you retained counsel? I'll represent myself. And what are you going to say? Exactly what I feel at the moment. Your conduct speaks to the integrity of this firm. You need to get that. Got it. I'm not proud of it. But I fell in love. It happens sometimes. The cheating wife who likes to give the peppermint twist when she shouldn't. Just don't over peppermint twist. Nobody needs that. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds refreshing. This lady is played by Barry Hockwald, who uh, you would know from Deep Space Nine. She was Lens in Explorer. On Voyager, she was Bryn in Friendship One. On Enterprise, she was Ellis in Marauders. But guess what? You don't get the Star Trek song because you were also def the defense attorney in the making of the trial attorney. We are not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before. That bumper plays for exactly as long as it takes me to get some fruit snacks. Welsh's so, fruit snacks. So let me just clarify. Ms. Huckold is playing the wife who cuckolded her husband? Uh, Hockwold. But but yeah, no, yeah. that was... Uh, Close enough uh, for bad musical theory earlier. Says. Just, you know, if, uh, if you can't twist your affairs. peppermint, stretch the metaphor... I'm sorry I hurt Roland, and of course my children, but I fell in love. But when Roland came Little into fan. the room, did you really continue to have relations? You know, I really don't believe we did, but... She was very close. This is embarrassing to talk about, but when you're about to climax, you're not completely in control <laughs> of your faculties. Exactly right. All I can say... I never meant to hurt Roland. He's a dear man. That was man. a line she had to do I love him. in her audition. I just fell in love. Quickly, I might add. After about a year of being married to this man, having children, you were having an affair with his best friend. Yes. Best friend? Yes. Why not get a divorce? Why have children if you were in love with somebody else? That was probably not a wise decision, but... You made it when you were about to climax. Objection. Getting a divorce would have cost you a lot of money, right, Nance? Roland had lots, you had none, and the best man was unemployed. This was never about money. No, simply love. Just all about love. Tell me something, Nance. How did you not get caught for six years? Wow, six years. That's a really long time to pull off a lie. Objection. Six years. She screwed his best friend in his bed. Objection. Your Honor, why are you not ruling on my objections? Oh, all right. Sustained. Dial it back, Miss Carlyle. People fall in love, Nancy. I get that. Fall victim Objection. to passion. But this 
This was six years of careful planning to avoid detection. This was reflective, orchestrated, premeditated deceit. Don't you dare clump that under the banner of love. This was evil. <laughs> you are an evil person. Objection. Your Honor, God would like to strong. apologize to the court. God she would says like she's to terribly to overextended. And sometimes when she's spread too thin, people like Nancy happen. <laughs> okay. No instructions to the jury about the crazy uh, lawyer. Paralegal's like, what the what? fuck? There's like two minutes of silence while they all made stupid faces. He wants faces. to see me and only you. What's going on? Brad Stanfield asked to see me. You you can. I mean, he's represented by counsel and- He waived it. Sheila, Judge Brown's office called. She's ruling at 10. Okay. How's she doing? Fabulous. Although she got a little religious at the end of her cross. Nuts religious or just- I couldn't tell. The problem with this lawsuit, every husband will start suing his ex-wife as a way to circumvent alimony. We may get to the point where husbands even entrap their wives into having affairs so they can avoid losing their houses. This is why we have no fault. Why the court doesn't even want to and, go there. Wow, a lot of fans. Is asking episode. who's to blame. It's a classic However, episode. Divorce law should not be used to shield a person when he engages in egregious, outrageous conduct to the emotional detriment of others. Six years with his best friend, Ms. Huff. I'm sorry. A jury might throw this out, but I won't. The motion to dismiss is denied. I don't believe it. We've got a long way to go. Yeah, we three months minimum on discovery. You've Guess got to decide if you want to points. settle, but the leverage is ours, Roland. Of you think you've no won, fault Roland? Divorce. You're represented by counsel, Miss. I don't care. Drop this now, Roland, or you'll lose the kids. I don't think that's your call, Nance. You think you know everything? Certainly not. Just a little more than most. Little news flash, Roland. The kids aren't yours. They're Richard's. Nancy. What? Yeah. So drop this case, Roland, or you'll never see him again. So here's the thing about that, right? We've established that she doesn't have sex with him because of a feigned fibroid issue. Did she go with the pretense of like IVF or something in order to have those children? Or is he like imagining they were his? I think, I don't know. Was it definitive? They never have sex or they don't regularly have sex. I'm. I took from it, they never, and maybe never had had. Hmm. I don't know. Even even so, I'm curious, and, and Keith and I have long stated that we don't know the legal anything. We don't uh, know anything about anything. If you're, if you're married, all right, even under f false pretense, right? If you were married and 
your wife becomes pregnant and then your child is born and you are listed as the father and there's a birth certificate, whether you are biologically the father or not, the other person might be found to have parental rights, but I don't know that they can just remove yours, right? You could probably waive waive them, but as long as you have been the parental figure to those kids, I think you still retain your rights. That is a, an excellent observation uh, that I, I don't know the answer to. Away. But, it's like adoption, but, uh, right? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're going to address it a little bit in the episode, but I, I, you know, I have a cat. It wasn't a master plan, Rolling, and it just happened. Didn't you even wonder why they don't look like you? Not even slightly. All right, talk time's over. You're not looking so smug anymore. Come on, Richard. It's actually worse for her. Not only was she banging this guy, I, but she also hid illegitimate children. Drop by the husband. office, Roland, and we will figure out your legal options. Tara, I want you to do some research. Done. Roland. Wow, that was quick. Look at me. I told you in the beginning I'd take care of you. We haven't seen crack googling like this since Jamie Stringer. And I will. <laughs> You turned in your own client? I did. So here's an opportunity. Now I'm gonna, uh, full disclosure, if you haven't picked up on it in the past two episodes, I'm very, as I feel the show is a lot, very tonally inconsistent. I find this character, Alan Shore, very tonally inconsistent. Here is, I think, the biggest opportunity for us to hear from the horse's mouth exactly kind of where his legal and moral compasses a line perhaps let's see if he yeah. takes that opportunity or we just get a very flippant uh, comedic beat here yeah it'd be a good chance for like a defense? thesis statement no that's all you have to say to us no well i thought if i save time you might go easier mr shore if you find this amusing i find it preposterous your honor a 10 year old girl climbs into the witness chair to declare herself the killer the daughter of the defendant. And what happens? The judge says mistrial. The child goes to jail. And the only thing horrifying you is that I revealed the double murderer's secret. Yes, Mr. Shore. Because privilege... Privilege is fundamental to the system. Problem is, Judge, the system is a disaster. We have over 10,000 wrongful convictions. You're not helping yourself. And who might you be helping, Judge? Your Honor, may I be heard? Who are you? My name is Eugene Young. Mr. Shaw is a member of our firm, and as such, I believe I have standing to address this tribunal. And Mr. Shaw was doing so well without you. I, like this tribunal, believe lawyer-client privilege to be sacrosanct, and that there could be no greater violation to this process than the breach of that trust. But Your Honors, in order for there to be a breach, there has to be an underlying trust to begin with. Here there wasn't. Brad Stanfield lied to Eleanor Frutt and Jamie Stringer. He deceived them for the express purpose of defrauding the court. The fact that they couldn't trust him doesn't mean he wasn't trusting them. Well, I would submit a fiduciary relationship has to be somewhat mutual. Beyond that, Alan Shore had the legal right to reveal Mr. Stanfield's secret. And how do you get that? Well. 
directing the court's attention to the rules of professional conduct. Rule number 1.6B1. In one state in this country, a lawyer may break client privilege to prevent the wrongful incarceration of another. That state is Massachusetts. Mr. Young, that is an obscure exception which, to my knowledge, has never been relied upon ever. But it is there. It is written. The fact that Mr. Shaw is the first to invoke it does not undermine its validity. Technically, Alan Shaw acted legally. And moreover, Your Honor, he acted morally. He did the right thing. The three of you speak of prioritizing trust. What about the public trust in our profession? What about the erosion of respect for who and what we are? Alan Shore is an honorable man. He saw an unspeakable wrong, a child, imprisoned for something she didn't commit, and he acted to right it. He acted within both the technical bounds of the law and the moral bounds of decency. Accordingly, he should neither be suspended nor expelled from practice because he is just. He is just. And your honors, you need to reach into yourselves like Alan Shore did and do what is right. This is why you let Eugene be Eugene and Steve Harris be Steve Harris. <sighs> yeah. I'm sure the whole I mean, time. It's... Now. Where did that beat change happen for Eugene? I, I, that's that's a compelling part of the episode. Where's that scene? Where's the scene where he's convinced of that? I guess we don't need it, but yeah, I, I'd like to know where that fire got lit because we do a lot of you know the show used to be a little better at showing us the build up and then and then the close and now it's sort of that was a lot there was a lot of he had to do a lot well, of heavy lifting there. Well, no, I, I think that's exactly it. Like they they gave Eugene a bunch of heavy lifting as a external source of justification without they're like, uh, just trust us. Eugene says it's cool. Like <laughs> you know I, what I, I mean? get the shortcut here that like Alan, yeah, that's him. He's, he's, it's, it's not black and white with him, right? It's, he's all over yeah. the place, but, but there's plenty of evidence to support that he's way too flip. And he's way and that that and when things are life and death, that's not very uh speaking of trust, right? If this whole thing is about trust, you can't trust somebody who's a loose cannon like that. So it's not out of the question, it's not out of the ordinary for them to be a little weary of him. So Eugene having his back right there, I think Alan owes him A big old thank you. Yeah. A thank you and maybe a little more respect in his 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 behavior. Yes. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like, I, I think there's a good justification for what Alan did. But it it but his lack of respect is and and lack of um caution and lack of due process. And it's like and I get it sort of had to be done without all of those things in order because like he had to sort of go out and, and like there's there's selfishness in the lack of respect, but there's also selflessness and being willing to fall on that sword. It, it's it's complex. It's complex. Yeah, but I mean, I, because he was ready to get disbarred and like blow up his whole career right there for that. 
to be yeah, but to I, do the right thing. Which is which is which speaks well of the character. However, I think the only reason he was willing to do that was his insane white male energy and overconfidence that like I I I'm I'm so awesome and so charming I can literally do I can stand in Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody in the face and no one will, no one was a single vote. Yeah, which like, makes it even the more bizarre that they created just the same character but female in Sharon Stone, right? Like who's just so confident. I mean, it's diff- there are differences, yes, but just we just believe in her confidence and in her ability bar none. Yeah. What, uh, which is plotting yes. for you right now? Probably want to buy you. You can see why they're friends, but or something like that. Usually, they, people like I that hate each other. I didn't rat you out, Brad. Neither did Jamie. It was another lawyer in our firm. Are you telling me you had nothing to do with this? Oh, I would love to claim I did. I wish I had the courage to throw away my career, but somebody else did the dirty work for me. You're a fan of dirty work, aren't you? I'm glad you're enjoying this. I am. But you need to remember two things, Eleanor. First, I will walk away from the second trial just like I walked away from the first. Because you make such a favorable impression. People like you. And second, when I do walk away, I'll be looking you up. Is that a threat? Of course not. I don't believe you had nothing to do with this, Eleanor. I'm in here now, but I won't be for long. Keep talking. I am free to repeat it all. We're in each other's lives, Eleanor. And the story's just beginning. Because <laughs> that's how people talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, a delusional sociopath with narcissistic personality disorder. We've I can done some that. research and it's not the end of the world. Don't handle me! <sighs> Even if they're not... Guys, you know, since Kelly's not on the show anymore, you know, who are we going to let psychopathic killers uh, be obsessed with? That's true. I don't know. This is a good song. Chubby Checker, right? Your biological children. They are still yours. Any child born into marriage is presumed to- I want to hurt her now. Oh? Roland, I need you to listen to me. She can't take away your kids. Even if they are riches biologically, legally, we still think that they're yours. There are estoppel ah, arguments well, go, to be Mike. made against Richard. And under current adoption laws, is he listening to me? I don't think he's listening to me. We're going to win this lawsuit, Roland. We're going to try to get you full custody. This is going to backfire on them. Promise me that. Please, promise. We can't promise, Roland, but... Yes, we can. I promise, Roland. Can we? I'll win this for she you. She can. She talks to God. That's true. Papa Shua, Papa Shua. Papa Shua. We are not persuaded that Mr. Shore did the moral thing when he blatantly broke privilege. We don't think he was just at all when he betrayed his own client. Mr. Shore, in our view, you have offended the very essence of what it means to be a criminal defense attorney. But, technically, under Rule 1.6b1, a rule which you probably weren't even aware of, were you? 
That's Randy Oglesby, back from a whole mess of Star Trek stuff. And it's his second appearance on the show Under as a different character. But we're not going to interrupt it. Which will undoubtedly be erased now that someone has actually invoked it. You're covered. We don't have the grounds to suspend you, however much we might like to. We deeply hope that you will give us another chance soon. We're adjourned. What do you know? Eugene, thank you. I did it for the firm. Don't mistake it for affection. Yes. Thank you. So I don't know if it's a it's a Spader thing or it's an Alan Shore thing, but it is very specific. Keith, there's a, the unwritten rule to mail suit jackets. You know what it is. Uh, 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 if I remember correctly, it's can't button too fat, can't button too fat, can't button too fat. Oh, yes. Well, for those of us who don't suffer from that ailment, um, it's <laughs> called the always, sometimes, never, which means the top button of your suit, always button it. Middle button, rare occasion, all three buttons, hell no. Alan Shore breaks that rule every goddamn time. Yeah, yeah. He's an always very, button, yeah. Very, he does always. He does the sometimes. I haven't seen him in a three-piece yet, but uh, that's a very specific choice. I'm wondering if it's if Spader's so good that he made Alan that guy, or if that's just what how Spader does his suits. It's a good question. Taps? peppermint twist coming, Keith. Oh, can, can, you, can you hear it? Roland, what's going on? Are you all right? Bedroom. I think I need a lawyer. Bedroom? Looks like he, he killed them in the middle of their peppermint twist. I need a lawyer. I mean, duh. I need help. Let's go, come on. I mean, the peppermint twist at this point would be like that not happening. Peppermint twist, what's behind the door? We all know. We've seen it before. <laughs> Holy Mary, Mother of God. Father Papa Shua! Papa Shua! He definitely killed his wife. It's probably grisly, but don't show it. Didn't have the budget for a body. Is it both of them, or did she just kill? He just walked in on them doing it again. You'd think you'd wait till after the trial to just keep banging the guy in your own bedroom. Yeah. Hey. To be continued. Okay, folks. You have now listened to the practice season eight, episode three, a cause of action. Now. It is time to remind everybody what happened. Hey, what just happened, Mike? Mm, two, three, four. 
Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Segment! 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 Uh, Alan Shore does the right thing, I guess, and gets the little girl out of prison by breaking privilege, but then Eugene saves his ass, and then this poor guy sues his wife because she's banging his buddy. Uh, they license the Peppermint Twist song, and then he kills her because they had to use it a couple times. That's right. Do not... You must respect Chekhov's peppermint twist. All right, Mike, can you do it what again? What did I call it? Occam's in... Razor? What is that? Occam's Razor. That's a Occam's... thing, too. Occam's Razor is uh, the simplest explanation is most likely the explanation. When you Later. hear when you hear hoof steps, you assume it's a horse and not a zebra. Mm. I guess, uh, yeah, great. Oh, they've just started cutting mowing the lawn, so enjoy that for the next, for the oopsie segment, folks. Um... I guess I I guess I should tell everybody that I I forgot to um, do a haikupsi, but guess what? Wait, that's not an excusey. That's not oh, an excusey. That is that is definitely not unprecedented. Alan Shore saves girl. Uh, <laughs> there is an awkward silence. <laughs> Wife bangs husband's best man lots. Uh-huh. Okay, good. The peppermint twist. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. No, that totally counts. Okay. That totally counts. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. Oopsie. Oopsies. Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, I'll tell you, Jackie, they're a very prestigious award that last week was won by Danny Tater. So <laughs> you, so we give it to fictional characters, <laughs> real actors, uh, football stars, and now people who are nearly or, 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 or are not fictional characters, nor real people, nor football stars. They're just just slips of the tongue. So guess <laughs> what? You... There are lots of people available to win Oopsie Awards, including our first one. <laughs> God damn it, that's funny. Um, you know, uh, Alan Shore gets that girl out of prison, which I think... Had it not been for his actions today, that little girl's in prison and for a while because her dad was ready for it to go all the way through trial. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> strong argument for Alan Shore there. However, you could make the better argument that Alan Shore is going to do a lot more good staying a lawyer, perhaps, 
Mm-hmm. And in order for him to stay a lawyer, he needed the, uh, we needed to boop, call in a sub, sub in a new quarterback, and bring in Eugene Young, because guess what, y'all? Eugene Young is a big old dicked, awesome lawyer. I don't know. <laughs> wow. So because of sheer dick size. Steve Harris, like... <laughs> put that on your card. I'm a... He's a big old dicked awesome lawyer is the quote. <laughs> Which should at the end of the day we should have been the title of the oopsie. <laughs> so I think I'm going to go Steve Harris. Uh on well, size alone. <laughs> uh, uh okay. 20 more Keith. 20 so, more. <laughs> so just just so I could unpack all of this. Maybe it's Steve, best you don't. <laughs> the actor, Steve Harris, based purely on his big old dick, wins the most valuable lawyer. <laughs> not, not traditionally given to a character on the show, not an actor, and very rarely do either of them uh, win awards based on the size of their appendages. <laughs> You know, you guys are really experiencing the evolution of the show. Back in the day, we'd have really freaked out about this, stopped and re-recorded it four times just because maybe it was an offensive thing to say. But guess what? Now, it's the best part of the show. <laughs> okay, so uh, so I in my that, spreadsheet... I think, that, I think that Eugene reasserted his dominance. He lifted his leg and pissed all no, over no, no, the courtroom. No, it's too late. It's, it's too late. <laughs> I'm voting for Eugene. Mike's official... <laughs> Vote in my spreadsheet here is Steve because of his big old dick. <laughs> uh, don't maybe don't put that on the Instagram, but uh. already famous because you've been on TV <laughs> getting a pay. I think next time, IMDb, like, go, are you gonna give best guest actor, actor to one of the fans? Uh, the they are back in full force, actor. at least that budget wasn't you cut. Is Sharon Stone in the official credits? No. All right. Well, then I'm going to give it to Sharon Stone. I think she gives a great, uh, great portrayal here. Although, no, you know what? Uh, she is really good. But Chris O'Donnell didn't get represented last week, and he is. You did. You did point out that he is giving quite a performance. He's 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 found his psychopathic footing, his narcissistic psychopathic footing, mm -hmm. and I think he's given a heck of a performance there. So I'm going to go with good old Chris. Yeah, uh, yeah, fair enough. That's, uh, yeah, I think I'm with you. I, I, I think, like, that was the more believable of the character. I mean, Sharon Stone's great, but I just don't buy this character. Yeah, I'm not invested of, in this character. I also, like, I just find it bizarre that, you know, because we have maybe not handled mental illness on the show with the most consistent of, of, of care. But we have at least, at some points, tonally handled it as serious as it should, right? At least yeah. close. But here, they're, speaking of flippant, they're so flip with it. Yeah. And not with just her character, but with its ramifications for, for actual clients in the courtroom. For the, they're so, they're so uh, worried about their reputation, and yet 
she's allowed carte blanche with it, and yet, and they haven't told us with a wink and a nod or a look behind, a peel behind the veil, as to what she, her actual take on it is. Yeah. Is, she, yeah, is she using it? Is it a real thing that's happening? Is it true devotion? Does she really believe it? We don't know. They're not giving us any little tidbits. It's just purely played, I guess, as a joke. I don't and understand. It is, and it sort of appears and disappears when comedically relevant and disappears when they need her to be good at what she does yeah it's it's not great so chris o'donnell wins well, even even what was raymond oz it was like the same thing right this excellent crazy uh incredible lawyer but had this sort of dementia that would creep in but that was terrifying and it well boy i, I tell you what you know if you really want to isolate the tonal inconsistency of this see compare the Raymond yeah, Oz part. Him in the bathroom. Which was so real and profound and heartbreaking. And 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 this is just like, I don't know what this is. To be clear, uh, to be clear, that's not a criticism of Sharon Stone, obviously. No, oh, certainly not. No, no, no. She's doing exactly what she's being asked to do and doing it well. Uh, it's just a question of uh, what are we asking her to Especially do? Especially with Alan Lowe, which they are... Sure. Alan Shore, excuse me. Which they are... Starting to at least fill out color, you know, give us some more colors and show us maybe what that's going to be about. You don't need this other piece. Uh, if it, it feels, it yeah, feels it's extra. Yes, it feels well because you you want because if you're going to do your Batman and Robin, right? You want your Looney Tune and then your Straight Man to bounce off of. We just sort of have like two Looney Tunes. Uh, all right. Anyway, it is time. Uh, I would like to remind you before we listen to this bumper that the reigning best actor is Danny Tater. Is that really what we gave it to Danny Tater? Danny Tater of Danny Tater's Spader Tots. You're the best actor on the show. Um, no joke. That scene where Eugene lays the smack down was so excellently done. We haven't had a solid, in this season eight, something that Keith and I have loved so much about the show that we wrote a bumper for it called Closing Time. One of our original segments, because we knew that uh, that's the best part of the episode, has been lacking for God knows how long. And though it wasn't exactly a closing statement here, it was taking the place of one. It was the 11 o'clock number, if you will. And Steve mm-hmm. Harris brought it home like only Steve Harris can. Or Cameron has had a couple of hers as well. Uh, but it's, it was really refreshing to get that moment again in the episode. We haven't had an episodes one or two. So uh, I, I want to I wanna call out Steve Harris. I'm glad they gave him something more than just disappointed daddy. Uh, and I, maybe it wasn't, I don't feel that the writing really supported where it came from for Eugene. But the performance itself was excellent. So... Uh, I'm going to go Steve. Yeah, well, you might think that with his 11 o'clock number that everything is coming up, Steve, because of his big old dick. Uh, but I'm actually going to give mine uh, to uh, Drunk Eleanor. Uh-huh. I, I I just found Cameron's performance as, as, uh, as Duncanor just so charming. So we're going to go splitsy this week uh, on Best Actor. Now it's time for... Ladies and gentlemen. It's time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. 
uh, I can't I can't remember if it was last season or the season before where we started with that like three or four episode arc. Uh. I think it was last, maybe two seasons like the, ago. Like the the Dylan Baker thing that yes. didn't go anywhere? Yeah. Yes. That's kind of what I'm feeling with the 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 Chris O'Donnell storyline here. Well, I guess both storylines, right? Isn't this been two continuing? Well, I, I guess it's a different case, but the Sharon Stone. The Sharon Stone thing is continuing, yeah. So we're sort of getting a double doozy, and it, it, I'm sort of feeling... I like some of the bits in between there. Uh, I'm liking some of the character development, and I feel like, like you said, even though we flagged a little bit last week, there's a confidence in the writing, or at least it feels that way. But how, the problem is, though, Keith, are you a fan of of saltwater taffy? Eh. Yeah, like, I, I, I would occasionally put it in my mouth, but I'm not going to seek it out. Yeah, I feel the same way. But my my one of my biggest problems is that, uh, well. When you when it gets a little too warm or melty, you can't it you, you can't stop chewing it. It's just just too much of it. It's too gooey. It's too mm-hmm. stretchy. You can't get rid of it. The flavor, like you said, the flavor is sort of like just okay. And at the end of the day, the flavor's gone, but then you still got residue in your mouth. That's how I'm feeling here. Mm. It's just nothing. None of the flavors am I loving. Uh, the textures I'm not loving. I don't love either of these storylines. I think the question here is cool. But once again, like we dealt with the the privileged thing last literally last season. Yes, this is different, but it was used less as a interesting twist on it and more of a just plot contrivance to let Eugene back up Alan for reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh and for a show that used to, for me, for my taste, used to be really all about the motivations and the machinations, we're not getting almost any of that, right? Uh, I like, for me, what's working is the scenes where our old cast gets to do what they do. And the new cast, I am going to say that I the Spader character is interesting to me because yeah. it's, if nothing else, multidimensional. And he, speaking of confidence, I think we've—I think I might have mentioned it, but if he's faking it, you could fool me because it seems to me like Spader is always playing twelve-dimensional chess. Like he, right. in Spader's face and his eyes, he knows who this character is. We don't know yet, really. I don't know that the writers know, but Spader seems to know, and so that I'm interested. That gives me the confidence that, like, okay, there's we're gonna get to the chocolatey center of this candy bar. We're gonna get to the to the, the core of it. I just have to wait it out. And so I'm interested. My interest is peaked. I think he's great as an actor. I think hopefully we can get our footing, and that that could be interesting. Clearly, they figure it out because it continues on to a whole new s- successful show. So I'm just anticipating that the Sharon Stone thing. I will say even though it feels a little simplistic from a plot perspective, I am curious to see what where we're going with that. Like, where where is this going? Um, I'm glad that we get to the the murder trial. Maybe that'll be interesting, but but it's, I don't know, the whole twist and the song, the whole thing is just a little, felt a little stupid. Maybe you can convince me it's not stupid. It felt a little stupid. Uh, last week, I was really hard on the episode. This week, I think it's all right. I'm going to go six, not, now I'm going to go six. Six nine five, still not breaking into the sevens yet for me. Six nine 
five. All right, let me let me put that in the. Uh... What did I say last week? You said six point six one last week. Okay, I feel good about it. Yeah. So. I don't even know where to start. It, it, there are a lot of there are a lot of things that I I do like. I am intrigued by Alan. Um, I I I like the way you described it, and that the character does seem to be playing three dimensional chess frequently. Um, and and it I said comes, twelve dimensional Keith. I want 12, credit for that. Oh, sorry, twelve dimensional chess. Uh, maybe the character's doing six dimensional chess. Like I because like it's. He he feels a little bit. He he's he's a little bit overpowered. Like he's 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 like super powered at this point mm-hmm. in that he has very little vulnerability, that he's been able to sort of get away with literally everything, mm-hmm. and walks around with that level of confidence, which is which is fine. Like a character like that, that's great. But I would like to see him be vulnerable a little bit. And I think I think that would help the character a great deal to uh, add an element of vulnerability to him because right now it's like, you know, it's like Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Where's the drama? You can't hurt him. He can do whatever he wants. And right now that superpower seems to be the unlimited chances you get as an entitled white dude, and it, it would really do with a dose of vulnerability from the character. Uh, you know, and I sort of feel that way about the whole episode, right? Uh, you know, my wife's always talking about dinner. Like, what we should be having for dinner is a protein, a carb, and a vegetable, right? All I want to eat is a bowl of of, of Danny Tater Spader Tots. Mm-hmm. With cheese, uh, preferably. Yeah, with like dipping sauces and tater tots, and that's I I I don't want it. I'm happy to eat this like a giant bowl of the same delicious thing, and I feel like that's where we've been lately. In this new tone, it feels like eating a bunch of tater tots. It's like it tastes really good to start with, and then you're like, at some point, your body is craving a vegetable and a protein, hmm. and yeah. it's it, we're, it, we're all carbs. We're all carbs right now. And uh, it could, I think it can just use some of the, uh, you know, some heart, some vulnerability, some depth that I don't think they're achieving yet. So uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it see how it shakes out and see how so it, it's not it all about size. In. Keith is what you're saying. It's not all about size. It's it's not all about size, you know, because uh, uh, you know, a giant bowl of tater tots will fill you up, but you'll be sad in the morning. I'm Stick just a saying. number on it, Keith. All right. Uh, 6.75. Okay. It, it, well, you know what? No, that's too low. It wasn't 7.01. 7.01. And Keith, instead of our bumper taking us out this week. Oh, okay. I think we should take it to Joy D and the Starlighters. Uh, mm-hmm. On a on a YouTube channel with 160 subscribers, help them out. Grandma rocks uh, with their cover of the pepper. All right, folks, you have listened to another episode of the Out of Practice podcast. We will see you back next week with another fresh recycled episode. If you would like to contact us, you can find us on Gmail at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at outofpracticepodcast. You know, while you're online, uh, 
you know, just we keep saying it. Someday it's going to happen and we're going to be blown away. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting service of your choice. Let us know. We will gratefully welcome you to the jury. I'll tell you who else we're grateful to. Our founding sponsors and our folks who have given us money throughout our adventures here, including Leanne Wrights, Cloud Lover 69, Jennifer Masanova, Kari Kuhn, and Jorge Novoa. Hey, do you want to join them? You can do so. I'll leave some links in the show notes how you can help us out monetarily, one-time donation or a monthly contribution for the final two months of the podcast. Or I guess maybe more than that. I guess we've got a couple months. Like we got three months. Yeah, yeah. Three and a half. Three and a half uh, months. Uh, or you can, I'll repost a link of how you can get involved and help out the people of Ukraine directly. A lot of different things floating around the internet uh, that I don't know are safe. So we'll uh, post a link that uh, has been vetted. Oh, how are you going to bet it? Uh, you know, I'll just, I, I won't bet it, but I'll hope that somebody else did. <laughs> you know what, folks? We appreciate you listening to our podcast, but uh, sometimes you might need to uh, jump on top of one of our competing podcasts and ride them for a while. And while you're enjoying that podcast, we might walk in the room mm-hmm. and fire off some pissed off laser sounds. But you got you better finish that podcast, even if mm-hmm. we're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laser sound. We'll, we'll just watch you listen. Ew. <laughs>